Welcome back to another episode of Tough Men of Faith. Nick Robertson here with R.T. Stringer. I'm here. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing really good. Yeah? Yeah. Good week? Yeah, it's actually been a really good couple of weeks. Good. Yeah, we had all that snow a week or so ago, and man, it's just been, it's been awesome. It was a lot of snow. It was. I, um, so I have teenage daughters, yeah. and so they're kind of past the sledding age. Okay. But I was pumped. Are you like, ever past the sledding age? Well, I mean, we went. Okay. So here's the problem, though. Were they, were they that, just glued to their phones the whole time? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to go sledding, and it was like the day before I knew the snowstorm was hitting. Yeah. And when we moved, I, I threw away our sled because it was kind of busted up. Okay. I, I got to get a sled. Yeah. So I went looking everywhere for the sled <laughs> yeah. to find a new one. I finally found one at, at a sporting goods store. Nice. They had one sled left. Uh, Do you know how much a sled cost? No, I just heard a story about this the other day. Somebody told me they're outrageous. Yeah. Okay. I'm... I'm hesitant. I feel like I should say now, yeah. but I'm hesitant to say because <laughs> my wife doesn't know. <laughs> oh, that was because you're Luckily, she doesn't pass listen. your salary and people think that you're pulling out of the uh, tithe bucket for a sled for your kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not sure the ties, the weekly ties would have covered it. Um, <laughs> it was that bad, huh? <laughs> so I thought. Yeah, anyway. I found, I was leaving the store and I saw they had like three left. Okay. Did of, you buy all three? No, I couldn't afford all three. You should have bought all three and put two of them for sale on the internet. I, no. <laughs> so I, I go up there. Yeah. It was a little over $100. Wow. For a sled. Like wow. nothing fancy. Like I was just making a joke about you pulling money, but no, okay. That's no. crazy. So, I mean, Karen doesn't know. <laughs> so, well, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> She'll know soon. Maybe. You resold um, the sled, didn't you? Just, I haven't. Just tell, so, me, well, tell her you're going to at the end of the season. Well, here, here's where it gets worse. Yeah. We go sledding the next day. Okay. And so I don't know if you remember the storm. It hit on like that Wednesday night and Thursday. So yeah. Thursday, we go out in the middle of the storm. Yeah. We live next to a park, and so there's some hills there. Yeah. I send my two oldest down the, down the hill on the sled. <laughs> they get up, and the sled's super light. It starts blowing away. It ends oh. up going up in the air, like 15 feet in the air, and it's just blowing like crazy. Super light. The girls are just looking at me, yeah. and I'm recording it because I record them coming down the hill. I'm like, go get the sled. And I was nice about it, and they yeah. didn't. So then I'm yelling at them like, go get the sled. <laughs> and they're like, why are you yelling at us? We'll go get it. It's no big deal. And then it goes further. It crosses this creek and this keeps on going. You don't realize this is a hundred dollar sled, kiddo. <laughs> You're not going to eat lunch next week because we went sledding this week. <laughs> so that's what I told him. I said, you've got to go get it. Right. Yelling at him. Yeah. So they, they take off running. One of them steps into the, into the creek to get wet because oh. it wasn't busted, but they get the sled. Nice. <laughs> they come back. It's like, I'm, I'm not a big yeller, like, at something like that. I yeah. usually don't care. Like, why are you yelling at us? Like, don't tell your mom. <laughs> but I paid $100 for this sled. We went down the hill four times, and we're going to lose it. Oh, mm, man. Anyways, so I just, yeah, I'm probably in trouble now. But Maybe okay. Yeah, $100. Maybe yeah. I can resell it. I went and plowed some snow Yeah. during that snowstorm. Maybe I'll loan you the money. You know, <laughs> yeah. You want to buy a sled? Uh, yeah, maybe I'll buy a sled from you. 115 bucks. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it works great. And like a 15 percent markup on it. <laughs> well, you probably, probably could have. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't know what got us on that. But yeah, wow. So, anyways, okay. yeah, good week. Yeah, what are we talking about this week? Burnout. Like the like, smoking uh, stuff makes you a burnout. No, no, no. Like on, oh. like on my motorcycle. Have you ever seen yeah. me do a burnout? Oh yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, that got me in trouble one time. Did it? Yeah. Okay. I know we need to get to our topic. No, it's okay. Go Do you ahead. you want to hear this story? Yeah, absolutely. So, before like the 500, there's always a lot of bikes that would ride out like at the at the track. Oh, the yeah. Indianapolis 500. Yeah. So I'd go out there on my bike. This is my younger, this was years ago. Did you go right? out to like the snake pit? No, we no. would just go out there and ride through like on the streets out there. Gotcha. So we're out there one night. A buddy of mine comes down. There's about six of us on bikes. Yeah. 
And so he starts doing a burnout. And he's older. Like, he's like the... He probably had 20 years on the rest of us. He's okay. the wise one. He wasn't riding stupid or anything. Gotcha. I don't know what got to him. His wife was on the back of the bike. And so he starts doing a burnout. Okay. Just standing there doing it. Yeah. And so the crowd just starts cheering like crazy, right? So, I mean, so he gets into <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. I could do this. <laughs> yeah. So he just keeps doing it. Yeah. The crowd's going nuts, cheering him on. And so he just keeps doing it. Smoke, smoke's everywhere. You can't see anything. Yeah. So Next he's already drawing know, the attention of the police. Next thing I know, you see lights flashing through the smoke. Next thing you know, you're doing a burnout. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, okay. The cops pull up, yeah. pull us all over. Of course, it was obvious he was doing the burnout. His wife gets off the back of the bike and then starts walking away. Yeah. <laughs> She's got rubber all down her yeah. back. <laughs> she was so mad. Oh, man. Anyway, so we're not talking about that type of burnout. Okay. We're talking about the burnout from working too much, oh. stress. This is life, right? Uh, yeah, I've recently been going through this. Yeah, I um, asked you a couple nights ago, we're talking about a topic, and I said, hey, what do you think about doing a topic on burnout? And yeah. Like, that sounds like, great. Man, are you reading my mind, or are you calling me out here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been I've been dealing with a lot of burnout. Not a lot of burnout, but just being burnt out at work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I can't re-engage. Yeah, well, I think you were sharing with me earlier that it's the, with the World Health Organization... Yeah, the World Health Organization now, uh, they consider burnout to be a legitimate health diagnosis. Well, if they say it, it's true. We've learned that the last two years. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we've learned the last two years from the who. <laughs> two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they say um, a syndrome from chronic workplace stress that hasn't been properly managed is what burnout is. A syndrome um, from chronic workplace stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it goes broader than just workplace, but... No, I agree. It does. Um, But I feel like, so I guess when you kind of asked me about this the other day is I was thinking about this more from just a work, Mm -hmm. um, just being burnt out on work. But, you know, being burnt out at home life, church life, you know, um, social life, there's just, there's so many different areas where burnout occurs. It does. A lot Um, of times I think maybe it starts at work, but then it carries over to, if you're burnt out, you're not a good husband, you're Right. I mean, I'm a great husband. Well, you yeah. always are. But yeah. I mean, for the average but, guys like yeah, some me, guy out right? there. when I get burnt out, I know that yeah. uh, it's not good for Karen or my kids or yeah. volunteer work I do or anything. Yeah. 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 Usually my wife tells me that. She's like, I can tell that you're burnt out at work because you've disengaged mm. in our marriage. Do you think that's a, like a sign? Like for me, it's like, what are the signs so I can see that I'm becoming burnt out? Yeah. Like, I think it's good to, to know yourself. Yeah. No, I think disengaging is a huge one. You know, just you kind of get those feelings of like energy depletion or mm-hmm. um, exhaustion. And, you know, you're just like kind of like an increased mental distance is kind of what I think of when I think of being burnout. I think I can get to a place where I disengage. I think the earlier signs for me on burnout is I start doing everything alone. Yeah. So I have all this work to do. And all of a sudden I start like putting myself in a silo or by myself. Yep. And I just like, I'm going to put my head down and do it all. Yeah. And it's an early sign of me that, hey, something's off here. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed, I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago, it's like I just totally got disengaged with work stuff, and I just, I realized that I was burnt out, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, I disengaged from work, I disengaged from the people at work, I quit talking to people, I quit listening, I put my head down and do as much as I can possibly do for a short while, and then I even quit doing that too, and uh, I mean, I totally disengage, and yeah. reading this week on some ways to fix that, and some, you know ways around that and to even some of the signs of it has been a huge help for me because uh, I wasn't noticing that I was burnt out for a while. That's the problem. Like, I don't think a lot of times you realize it and all of a sudden you're, you know, some guys, you have alcohol, something they they find themselves with every night they're drinking. Right. They're not engaged. They come home. There's no meaning to life. They get really cynical on, on, on their life outlook. Yeah. Anxiety. 
Yep. Not sleeping or sleeping too much. Right. Well, and that's that's something I was going to say is, uh, you know, like reducing burnout. It just seemed like I came home. I, I just fall into the same old, you know, routine. I'd come home. Mm-hmm. I'd have a beer after work. I'd do a little bit of paperwork. I'd, I'd usually end up going through my phone, looking through emails and looking through phone calls and making phone calls. And then I'd go to sleep or I'd eat dinner and go to sleep. And I'm not hanging out with the wife. I'm not hanging out by myself. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying. I'm not, you know. Yeah. There's so many things I'm not doing, and then I'm doing unhealthy things at mm-hmm. the same time. And, you know, then it changed, and all of a sudden, hey, no, we're not going home, and we're having, we're not having a drink after work. And, hey, we're going to not gonna go home and do emails and do paperwork. And, yeah. you know, we're, there needs to be a time where you have to turn that off, and you have to stop. And, you know, you have to, you have to disengage, but it's got to be the right time in the right way. Yeah. You can't do it 24-7 on, 24, no. you know, 24-7 off. And a lot of times you're doing good work. Yeah. Right. So it's not like we're doing wrong things that cause you to get burnt out. Like, so maybe you're, you know, you're trying to run a business or you're working your nine to five, whatever it is, you're working your job, you're supplying for your family, you're going for that promotion, you're doing good things. Then you're volunteering at a church or a nonprofit. You're spending time with your friends. You're helping your friends move or whatever. Maybe you're doing all these good things. Yeah. And then eventually just find yourself numb to it. Yeah. I find myself that my burnout comes a lot of times after like good things happen. Really? So if you talk to me on a Monday morning, (laughs) if we had a great Sunday at church, we had a huge crowd, and if we have baptisms, and just a really good Sunday. Yeah. Monday morning, I'm usually at a place like, life sucks. (laughs) This is awful. No one likes me. Wow. Everything's bad. I I just need to quit. Yeah. And it's usually after like a good week or a good day for me. Kind of a big uphill on the roller coaster. Yeah, a big season where a lot of good things happen. Yeah. Um, Then you just kind of get worn out. Okay. But there's a story in the Bible about a guy named Elijah. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. It's a pretty funny story. But (laughs) we won't go through it all. But 1 Kings um, 18 talks about it. And so he he has some good things happen. So basically, you guys should read it if you hadn't. But he... There's a drought in the land. And so the people are following these false prophets. Yeah. And so he he says, hey, we're going to have... I don't know how you describe it. Uh, Maybe like a Super Bowl of decide who's the best. <laughs> okay. Like whose God is real. And so he invites all these it's false prophets. It's like prophets. the Colosseum in Greece. Yeah, except they're at like a, an altar. They're yeah. On, they're gotcha. on a hill, Mount Carmel there. So <laughs> he uh, he okay. invites them and he tells them, he's like, hey, uh, you call down fire on this by your gods. So he's he's doing that and he's telling these like 800 prophets, do everything you can to get them to light, get your God to light fire on this. Yeah. And so they're doing all kinds of stuff. Of course, fire doesn't come down. So they, they start cutting themselves. So he starts making fun of them. Yeah. That's why you should read this story. He's like, maybe you need to yell louder for your God. Maybe your God's sleeping. Maybe your God's using the restroom, right? I mean, you, yeah. your God just can't hear you. You got to right. do something different. <laughs> He's just like making fun of him, which to yeah. me is hilarious. Yeah, just kind of berating him. Yeah, this keeps yeah. making fun of him and, and tells him to yell louder and stuff. And you can just picture him there by himself. What's incredible, he's standing there by himself yeah. doing this when there's like 800 guys on the other side. So wow. then when it's his turn, they never get fired to light. He tells him like, put a bunch of water on the altar. And yeah. he tells him, put more water on the altar. So he's standing there before this altar that's soaking wet by himself when there's 800 guys on the other side and prays and God sends fire down. <laughs> and so then they end up killing all the, he has all the other false prophets killed. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy story, but it's an incredible miracle, right? So you'd be on a mountaintop when that happens. Yeah. So you see in his life, he's probably physically tired. He has some emotional things going on. He's right. had a great mountaintop experience. And then this Jezebel, this, this queen, yeah. she gets word what happens. She sends word to him, hey, I want to kill you. Like, I'm going to have you killed because of what you did. Yeah. Now, remember, he just, he just did all these great things through God. When he hears about this one woman wanting to kill him, after he did all these good things, yeah. he goes running away, hmm. ends up separating himself, finds himself in the middle of a desert area, woods, all by himself, yeah. just ready to die. He's depressed. He's burnt out. He's tired. 
He's like, everyone hates me. Yeah. Nothing's good happening. <laughs> Life is awful. He's burnt out. Burnt out after yeah. all these good things happen. Right. And then he finds himself this ready to uh, to give up on life and quit. Which I just find that story yeah. incredible because you have this guy who did all these good things and then all of a sudden it's, no, life is bad. And yep. I can relate to that. So, yeah. I know. That's my two cents for today. All right. I like it. Yeah. I did, I never pictured and never thought about burnout after a bunch of good things happen. Um, yeah. I just, I, you know, that's not how I picture burnout. But Well, if you ever have something good happen in your life, you'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks. I'm here all night for encouragement. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to text away if really you ever need encouraged. That. I was reading some burnout stats today. <laughs> Are you trying to change the subject? No. I was just going to keep roasting on you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, think we're, I think we're done with that so I don't get burnout. <laughs> 67% of all workers feel burnout has worsened during the pandemic. Man, the pandemic. Hasn't that, like, changed things? Yeah, but I just wonder how much stuff we blame on the pandemic, things that we're already changing to. I don't know because I think part of the pandemic the struggle has been is that you're alone. Yeah. So maybe not in your job as much. Right. But a lot of guys, like, if you're working in an office or yeah, look at certain all, other jobs. Look at all the people working from home now. You're working from home. You know, so if you're stressed, workers. like, there is there is a benefit in going over to your buddy to next cubicle or yeah. the yeah, tractor next time. to you. Yeah, be like, man, yeah. today's awful. Right. <laughs> right. Just be able to, like, Yeah, it's where you can go together. over and, you know, raz your buddy just like you were just doing. Yeah. 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 Um. I was just speaking truth. <laughs> So 61% of remote workers and 53% of on-site workers now find it more difficult to unplug during off hours. Because they're working from home? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 61% of, you know, remote workers working remote from workers. home. Okay, um, yeah, makes sense. But yeah, they uh, kind of what I was talking about earlier, you have to get to find time to unplug and, you know, don't start doing the emails, don't start doing the paperwork, don't start, you know, going home and having those bad habits. That makes sense, right? So you're home, right. you're supposed to start at 8 o'clock, it's 7.30, you're already there, go ahead and start working. Yeah. Five o'clock hits, you're supposed to log off. You just right. you, you don't know, log off, going. you just keep on going. Yeah. Yep. Or hey, you know, I just want to get these last few emails and then we'll be done. And you know, where you wouldn't normally do that at work, you'd you'd quit at your nine yeah. to five or your eight to four, you know, whatever you're doing. I don't know, I just I thought some of the stats were pretty good. That turning it off is, is I think hard for our society now because I mean if you go back a, a few decades, not even that long before yeah. cell phones, oh yeah. When you left work, that was no it. one was getting a hold of you, yeah. right? I mean, they weren't they weren't calling your home phone yeah, to ask about you, the project. Yeah, you're not until you got on. home. If they had your home number, right? But most people I, didn't, right? Um, and then if you go out to dinner, yeah, your boss isn't getting a hold of you, or yeah. your clients or your customers. No one's getting a hold of it's you. Like I say all the dinner. time, that I miss the pager days. Yeah, did um, you have a pager? No, but I knew really? people that had them. No, I wasn't old enough for a pager. Yes, you are. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I didn't have one though. Um, but I remember my dad had a pager. Yeah. If I want to get a hold of him, I had to page him and then wait for him to drop what he was doing, go find a payphone somewhere, yeah. you know, stick a quarter in it or whatever, and call me to figure out what I needed. And yeah. I learned really quick that if it wasn't important, yeah. um, I was in for a world of hurt. Yeah. So it just, uh, I, I kind of missed the pager days. You know, mm-hmm. everything seemed to be less rushed and less in a hurry. Yeah. I hear uh, breaking up was easier to do in the 90s. I heard that in a country song once. <laughs> Blake's over here doesn't know what we're talking about. He doesn't listen to country music, does he? I don't know. Probably not. But it's kind of brought up one of my points of reducing burnout. Is, yeah. uh, oh, where'd it go? Hold on. I got it right down here. Uh, the biggest thing that I've changed is uh, I stopped letting other people's lack of planning become my emergency or headache. And that kind of takes me back to the pager days, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now with cell phones, if somebody screws something up, forgets something, whatever, you know, they can have it fixed in an hour or two because their lack of planning, you know, I can make that my emergency and I can go yeah. fix it or, you know, change what they need done. 
it's like I kind of missed the pager days to where you would have had to page me. I would have called you when I felt really good about, yeah. you know, wanting to get back to you. And then, you know, we would have fixed it in due time. But it just the emergency time thing just wouldn't have been right now. Yeah. So and, really working on that work-life, yeah. home-life balance, right? Yeah, for so sure. That, there needs to be some clear boundaries of this is when I'm working, this is when I'm home. Yeah. To help reduce burnout. I agree. Do you yep. have another uh, solution for avoiding burnout? You know, growing spiritually outside of your workplace. Mm. You know, pray, join a small group, associate with like-minded, positive people. I think helps. Yeah. Or it can help. Well, a lot of times in burnout, you isolate yourself. You're working all the time. Yeah. You're disengaging on your social life. Right. And so you don't have those buddies around you who are really yeah. encouraging you or helping you. So. Yeah, or the guys that will call you out and say, hey, man, yeah. where have you been? You know? Yeah, you're working too much. Yep. You know, you're neglecting your whatever, your duties. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I kind of support. I've kind of gone back to like the way that I've really helped myself to uh, re- reduce burnout and kind of get back to what I feel is normal. Is uh, kind of went back to the basics a little bit. Mm-hmm. So here in the last few years, kind of been more of a management position, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to get back to more of the grunt position because I enjoyed that part. And uh, so I've gotten back there over the last few weeks to where I can just make a little bit more time in my day that's less management and more grunt work. It's amazing how much my attitude's changed. Yeah. You know, getting back to the, you know, what I fell, not fell in love with, but, you know, what I started liking this yeah. job for in the uh, in the beginning anyway. And that's uh, that's been huge for me. Yeah. I think it's hard. So as leaders, like if you're a leader, a supervisor or something in your company or, yeah. you know, how do you lead when you don't feel like going on? Because you got to inspire others. Right. Well, and so that's one of my biggest problems with burnout is my, I project my feelings onto employees and people that I work for. And uh, yeah. I've noticed that I do that. And it's, it's crazy that my attitude can cause cause so many other people's attitudes to change. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, a few weeks in, and it's like, okay, um, stop venting to whoever you're venting to. Find somebody that's totally, you know, disassociated with what you're doing to vent to because yeah. you're going to end up ruining other people's, you know, attitudes that you work with in a day-to-day world. It, it's just funny the lessons that I've learned through it. I think this is something we'll come back to at some point. Like, it's such a, yeah. a big thing for guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. You know, and just... I don't know. I think the biggest part for me was realizing that I was burnout and it was unhealthy habits is what it was leading to. Mm -hmm. And then changing those habits and the day to day and then getting back into more healthier habits, you know, getting back into things that I like doing, you know, with the job. And it's funny how much my attitudes changed and how much I thoroughly enjoy, you know, going back to it Mm -hmm. again and feeling less burnout. Yeah, I so. think having that disciplined, balanced life where you're yeah. even eating right and exercising and yeah. social life and get all those things in balance, that helps with Yeah, it's funny how many of these podcasts actually just come back to balance. Yeah. You know, we've done multiple podcasts on just balance. It's a different story. It's a different way to get there. But in the end, it comes back to balance. So. All right. This has been good. I like it. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll come back to this one. Yeah. Anything else to add today? No, I'm excited about the future, though. We've got six or eight episodes kind of planned out and some good things in the works and i think we got a little bit of merchandise stuff the other day we got some stickers in and we ordered some hats and a few other things so super excited to get that stuff in and get it out appreciate if you guys could give us a review on our podcast on apple or wherever you listen at yeah Share it on social media and anything else. Yeah. Uh, if you guys got any ideas on anything you'd like to hear talked about, yeah. um, you know, shoot us a message. Yep. Sounds you know, good. Maybe it's something we can dive into and, you know, give our two cents on a certain subject. It might be fun. <laughs> it might be. You may <laughs> hear what not to do. So. You will probably hear what not to do. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week.